program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Alrighty, I'm relaxed, but I'm not on the sidelines. I'm behind the mic, and I'm here in Phoenix. Of course, it's a rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and uh, it's a beautiful day in the Valley. It always is, and I appreciate the fact that I am here now, away from the East Coast, where it is, you know, every now and then the weather gets real nice, but every now and then it gets real bad, too. But I'll tell you what's real good in the city of brotherly love right now is that the city is happy Got a champion back in the mix of things, and that is the Flyers. That's right. The Flyers are getting their thing done. You know, the Flyers are on, on their way to the Stanley Cup. And, of course, uh, you know, Philadelphia is, you know, I'm not going to say they're spoiled. I, I think they are. It, it's a very good sports town. The only thing that's been disappointing for the Philadelphia Eagles when it comes to the sport, uh, their, their sports teams, is, I have to say, this, it's the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I hate to say that, but they just uh, have not. They've been to the Super Bowl and just not won at all. You know, I was there, you know, the year after they'd gone to the Super Bowl and played the Raiders. And, man, we started off 6-0. and I was excited. I called home told my mom I thought we was going to the Super Bowl, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously we didn't make it. But uh, it was fun to be to be in the, in the thick of things. So uh, anytime you're in the playoffs in any professional sport, uh, the city – uh, is just rejuvenated, and of course uh, everybody's happy. Money's flowing. People forget about the price of tickets. Five dollar beers don't mean anything, you know, like a five dollar foot long. You know, <laughs> it's just uh, it's just something you're excited to get and enjoy at the game. I got my friend in here with me today. I always have friends who join me either on the show, call in, or whatever. But uh, I got another former Philadelphia Eagles with me, James Loving. James, how you doing, man? I'm doing good today, Ray. How are you? Well, man, I'm I'm doing good. Like I said, the Flyers are doing something special back there in Philadelphia. And here in the Valley of the Sun, we, we got to give credit. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have, have, have won a game. And that's all they did. They just, they've won one football, I mean, one basketball game. But that one basketball game that they, that they won, uh, it just meant so much to to the basketball team. Did you get a chance to see the game by chance, James? Yes, I did. I'm kind of happy for the Suns, you know, because I'm I'm a Steve Nash fan, you know, so I like to see Steve win one one day. Now, what is it? What what, what makes you a Steve Nash fan? I've heard many people say that they're fans of Steve Nash. What is it that, about his game that you like? I think it's more of um, him playing hard every day, no complaining like you see all the other players in the league, and it's not about I don't know about his money, but it's about him just being a team player. And that's what it is nowadays with sports. It got out to where players are team players. It's all about the money. 
But Steve Nash has never had that problem I've seen in his career. So I like a team player because that could go a long way on and off the court. Well, I'll tell you what I, what I like about Steve Nash is night in, night out, he gives it his all. I mean, one thing about a player, you know, and, and I've heard the guys on the network talk about, you know, taking somebody's heart, you know, and and taking somebody's, you know, somebody losing their confidence, you know. And and I've always been the type of player that, you know, my heart will never be taken and I don't lose my confidence. You know, I think that if you are whatever type of player you are, whatever your game is, you stick to your game. Maybe when you get outside of your game and and you're out of your comfort zone, then perhaps maybe you show a sense of vulnerability and then people might say, oh, you know, that's like, a, you know, a wounded animal, attack, attack, attack. But Steve Nash's game here with, with the Phoenix Suns has always been, he's been an adequate defensive player. He's always been uh, a phenomenal offensive player. He, he's one who can create a shot for himself. He can get his shot. He also can get the ball in a position uh, for his teammates, in which can get them in a position where they can make shots. And, and he's a team player. Very few times when you hear uh, a game is lost or, or a series is lost, does Steve complain about his teammates. Uh, you know, he he takes it as a as listen, first of all, he's the point guard. So it all starts with him. Uh, his job, he's, he's the quarterback of the basketball team. And his job is to get it done, to distribute the ball evenly, to get the ball to the people in the right place so they can make easy shots. And a lot of times when it doesn't happen and they don't win, it falls on him. And I got a strong critic in my household who thinks that perhaps maybe the problem with the Phoenix Suns might be. Steve Nash, I do not agree with that, but when you look at, you know, consistently, constant, what's the constant that's there throughout these series that they've lost and they can't get out of the Western Conference? They've made some changes, but I I agree that, listen, you've got good players, perhaps maybe you need some interchangeable parts, but Steve Nash is not one of those interchangeable parts. He is a constant he is a part of the foundation. I think he and Amari Stoudemire are part of that foundation, and they should stay. And if this mix doesn't work, they might retool next year, but I don't think that Steve Nash is a part of any discussion in terms of him leaving this team. Oh, no, not at all. I believe, like you say, Steve Nash is the quarterback of this team. So if he leaves, the whole team is all tore up. So you have Steve, you have Amari. Like you say, they might be one or two players away from becoming a great team. So we'll see, you know, what happens. Do you think this is the year? Could this possibly be the year? Now, after all, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it doesn't make a difference how you win or how many points you win by. As Al Davis said, just win, baby. So does it, in your mind, does it look like this could possibly be the year for the Suns to possibly make it out of the West and make it into an NBA Finals? No, I don't think so. I don't think this is the year because... Uh, when you go to L.A., you have to at least win one to start the series off in L.A., and that didn't happen. So it's kind of tough for Phoenix to come back and win four games from L.A. that's playing great right now. Well, L.A.'s playing great, but you know the big fella behind him, you know, he's he's banged up, and he, I think he's recovering from surgery. And, uh, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns, we know we got the big fella back to give Amari, you know, some help. So I, I'm not so sure that it's going to be, well, some people were talking sweep early on. You know, after the Lakers won those two games at home, some people were actually talking about it. It was going to possibly be a sweep. How many games do you think they'll take this series to? 
I think they'll get one more game, and then that'll be it for them. And then, so you think you think the Suns will win two games, or will it be four two? You think it's going to go six games? Oh yeah, I definitely think they'll win two. I mean, they got that team that they can at least win two games from the Lakers. Well, we'll see because that that that's you know that's not going to be an easy thing to do. I think we have uh, Billy on hold, and I want to apologize for that. Billy, you there? Hey Ray, yeah, this is Billy. I'm I'm a long time listener, big big fan of what you do. Um, just a, a little concerned about the news coming out re- surrounding the American Needle case, which um, you know it uh, supposedly when the Supreme Court said that uh, the 32 teams are not a single entity, um, it, it's just for apparel deals. But my concern is that that would now violate all of the antitrust laws that uh, that they currently enjoy. One of which allows for the the draft and how that can affect all sports, but um, predominantly football. And, and my concern is football becoming the next baseball where the smart, small market teams just can't compete. I mean, I, I remember when Jerry Jones first came in the league, and he, he was a maverick rem, renegade talking about um, how you know he, he wanted to sign the, the deal with Reebok on the side and uh, be the exclusive you know America's team for – uh, cash the big check just for for his team and the the Wellington Maras and the Lamar Hunts shut him down quick. You know it, it was all about league think. It was um, the league is so strong in the multi billion dollar enterprise that it is because anybody can win on any given Sunday. And I think the American Needle case is is the the start of the end for small market teams. Well, uh, Billy, uh, thank you for the comment. You actually kind of pushed me ahead in the show, but uh, let's jump right into that, and I will respond to that. And, and I, let me just start off by saying this. I think there's one word that, that was kind of left out of this whole thing. is It's, it's exemption, and, and, and that is that, you know, the league, they were given exemption uh, from the antitrust laws, but I, I believe what it is is that, again, they wanted to take a broad brush and just, you know, paint the entire – uh, business model and enjoy the exemption across the board. And and that is not what the purpose was for. The purpose was actually, as I understood, was actually for its broadcasting rights. And and they tried to go beyond that and just, you know, use a broad brush approach, and, and that's not going to work. I think they still would enjoy the exemption in certain specific cases, but it's not going to work across the board. I don't think the draft will be affected because, again, you know, like you talk about the small markets teams, and, I, and I'll just say this, and I'm going to ask you this question because I don't know exactly how many baseball teams there are, but I do know I think there's only one baseball team that's perhaps maybe up for sale. I mean, it's not like even in the worst economy that any of us have seen that teams are in that much trouble in terms of surviving and making a profit. Well, for me, it's about who can be competitive. Um, there's there's probably more talent on the New York Yankees bench not playing than than on the Pirates or or the Royals or you know and obviously no nobody wants to pay to see the Yankees play the Yankees in, in an inter squad game but uh, you know their their Madison Square Garden contracts or just their TV contracts are enough to pay their that entire payroll whether they sell a seat or a hot dog or a parking spot and 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 talent it takes money to buy talent and and when the the Pirates and the and the Royals and teams like that are going to constantly be the the mat that other teams walk on, um, I, I just see that the you know the Jacksonvilles and 
some of the other other small market football teams are not going to have an opportunity to compete, which is what made the the league so great, that league think mentality. Well, Bill, let me just say this to you. One thing for sure, see, at least in the National Football League, there is a minimum amount of money that is supposed to be spent by the owners. And this year, in the young cap year, there is no cap. So there's not a minimum or a maximum amount of money that can be spent or should be spent. But when it comes to when there is... A, a package in place of which the team should adhere to, they've, they've reached a number which they felt that would make teams competitive provided they spent this minimum amount of money. Now, some teams choose to spend that minimum and some teams choose not to. I, I would say this, even going into the World Series last year, I mean, it wasn't guaranteed that the Yankees were going to necessarily beat the Phillies. I mean, we really didn't know that the Yankees were going to win the World Series. I mean, if you go out in Vegas, you'll find out how many people, you know, bet on the Yankees winning the World Series last year. Even this year, I, I bet you and a whole lot of other people can't guarantee us who's going to win the World Series or the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or, you know, the Stanley Cup until the season is, of course, in the playoffs, and then we can narrow it down. Hey, Bill, why don't you hold on? When you hear that music, of course, on this show, we got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my good friend James Loving, former wide receiver, for the Philadelphia Eagles with me as well. We'll be right back. Comprehend the guidelines. My chest out chinchilla all relaxed on the sidelines. I'm so famous. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. 
every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. been a long time coming but you know what they say Kanye slow motion better than no motion I walked in the crib got two kids and my baby mama lay All righty, listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matters. I think we got disconnected with Bill, and I hope he didn't hang up because uh, that was an interesting topic and, and one of the, which I wanted to spend some time on today. And so, Bill, I, I at least uh, thank you, um, you know, for calling in and, uh, you know, uh, taking me into uh, to that topic of discussion because uh, that that's something that uh, that's important, and I think it's it's going to be more important uh, for companies out there as it relates to, to merchandise and, and, and the league being able to uh, negotiate these exclusive deals. And I, I think that's what the American Needle was about, is that there are some other you know, companies that were doing business with uh, the NFL and, then, and, and other leagues as well. And then what they do is they, they put out these, these huge opportunities of which the smaller people can't compete with. And so... If you're a smaller guy and you make good hats, that's okay. You're not going to have a hat contract because Reebok has the exclusive hat contract. Uh, if, if you make jerseys, that's okay. You're not going to get the jersey contract because Nike has exclusive uh, contract. And so what it is is it, it eliminates the opportunity for, for competition and for you know those other companies who are in that business to have an opportunity to do business with uh, the NFL. Now, I probably don't have it all right but I think I got a little bit of it, you know, right. But certainly, you know, when, when, when Bill talked about the competition of the teams uh, and the smaller market teams, you know, again, the advent of technology is going to, again, you know, create a benefit for everybody to enjoy because it, it will be the teams will become not regional and local, but they'll become global. They'll have fans all over the world and technology will allow that to happen because the games will be either tape delayed or on demand or whatever, but via the Internet, people all over the world will be able to enjoy this game of football, not just on Super Bowl, you know, as as we know it. So, so James, you're going to have fans all over the world because they're going to be listening to James Loving uh, on Voice America Sports coming up here pretty soon. So, uh, listen, if, Bill, if you want to call back and we can finish that conversation a bit, uh, I would certainly like to. But we were talking a little bit about Steve Nash. And, and let me ask you this, James. I know you played ball for the Eagles, wide receiver for the Eagles, and, and you were uh, subjected to a few injuries. Um, Steve Nash is being called, uh, you know, you know, tough, you know, savvy, uh, you know, plays with attitude, you know, uh, plays with pain. Uh, you ever broke your nose before? No, I haven't broke my nose, but I have broken my hip, you know, my toe, fingers, you know. So you know how it is, Ray. They want you to go out there and play. 
no matter how you know hard you because that's what they pay you to do do you let me ask you do you have more respect for a guy who's willing to play injured and willing to play hurt as opposed to somebody who is i mean i'll never forget you know steve kind of reminded me at the foul line you know in the last game he played it was i believe or a couple games ago when he took the elbow in the eye and it was pretty much closed i remember charles barkley years ago you know at the line you know trying to shoot a foul shot with his eye all closed up too you know, is there a different kind of respect for players that play hurt? I think there's a respect because that's what the fans want to see. But then you have to look at it, too, now, right, that you don't want to hurt your team either. You know, being out there, being hurt, you know, you got to make sure you're making the right choice for your team. And, and in particular, you know, you got to think about these things, too. You know, we're from a generation where there's no pain, no gain. That generation is, is gone. It died. Yeah. When, when we stopped playing, it was over with. We, we have athletes, and I— you know, I don't want to say that they're more intelligent than we are. They're more informed than we are. We didn't know exactly what we were doing to our bodies. Now, I don't know, you know, how bad his nose was broken. If it's a first degree, second degree, third degree break, fracture, whatever it is. But, you know, I would assume that if nothing else, just your ability to breathe is going to be affected uh, by a broken nose. Now, there, you know, and I, and I would imagine that if you get hit in it again, maybe you didn't feel any pain the first time. And, and I'm wondering, I, I don't know of anybody who's ever broken a part of their body and not experienced any pain. But I could swear to you, you know, I think that Grant Hill felt more pain than Steve Nash did because when Steve looked up and he looked Grant in the eye, you know, I think Grant thought he saw a monster. He was easy. He made the ugliest face in the world. He's <laughs> a nice looking guy. You know, I, you know, Grant was like, oh, man, you know, he couldn't believe it. And Steve just started, you know, kind of twisting it, you know, and twisting it back into place, you know. But, I, but I've got to think that, you know, and I've heard that a couple guys who've broken their nose in basketball, when they go back and play, they're required. And that's what's happening in, in the National Football League now. The, the decision is being taken away from the player and the coaches, and it's being made by the doctors. The doctors had required some other players. They had to wear the face guard. Do you think Steve Nash is going to be required to wear the face guard? And if he is, do you think it will affect his ability to play? I think I think he might be required because if you look at Richard Hamilton for the Detroit Pistons. And it, which he was required by doctors to wear the face guard. Because I think he broke his nose maybe three or four times, and he was required. But as, as you, t- you talk with him, as he say, Sometimes his vision, you know, is impaired. Is, is impaired by wearing that. So I, I can't see Steve wearing it, but if he's required to, and I think he will. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. You know, I know when I when I had a neck problem. I know, you know, when you have a shoulder problem. I know when your ankle's twisted. You know, it's like you you compensate for those things. You know, if if your shoulders hurt. You know, I'm not trying to make a tackle with that shoulder. You know, if your hands are broken, you know, you're not trying to make a tackle with that broken hand. If your neck's hurt, you know, you're not hitting anymore, you're tackling. If Steve's nose is broken, I mean, where he may stick his nose in there, for, you know, face in there to try to make a steal or something, all of a sudden now, do you think he still makes those same kind of goals after those same kind of plays? Now, as an example, when Rondo... In the Magic's game, he's running down court, dies for the ball in between, uh, you know, Jason's. Does, does, does Steve Nash make that kind of play now with a broken nose? I don't think he will. I don't think um, he's going to get in there. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to still drive to the hoop. But I think 
when going in for rebounds, you got to be real careful because, as you notice, those big guys, when they come down, they're see? swinging their elbows. See, you said something else. Now, not, not going to the hole, mm-hmm. even going to the hole. So, so let's go back to a point that you made. You don't want to hurt your team. Okay, does Gentry have to make a decision now? Steve Nash at, you know, 95% is he is as good as my best backup at 100%. Because, again, if Steve Nash's game is driving to the hole and dishing off, Listen, this is basketball. This is playoff basketball now. I'm not going to try to hit Steve in the nose. But if Steve comes in there, that's part of having the big fellas in there. You want to get punished. You don't want to come in here. So uh, is it possible that they may take away, the nose may take away part of his game? Well, that's where you go where they say coaches don't win games. Well, Gentry got to make that choice and have to see and bring another guard in if he feels Steve is not, you know, going to the hole where he's supposed to be. And it's not producing. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave it like that, and we're going to watch it. We're going to find out what's going to happen. But you made a comment, which is a good segue into my next subject. And you said coaches don't win games. Now, here's, here, here's, here's where I may disagree with you a little bit on this, James, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this because I, I, don't, I believe coaches win games, but I don't think coaches lose games. And, and here's what I believe, and here's why I believe that. Coaches don't make tackles. Uh, coaches don't make foul shots. Uh, coaches don't make touchdowns, uh, you know, coaches don't block shots, you know, uh, coaches don't run uh, on the track, coaches don't run the 100, you know, uh, and, you know, in lacrosse, they don't throw the ball into the net. Okay, coaches give you the information and ask you to go out and execute. Now, the coaches win the game when they give you the right information and you go out and you execute it properly. But I'm going to ask you, has it ever been a play or any time you ever played in a football game in your entire life, whereas when it was all over and said and done with, that if you look back at the film and the tapes and you assess what happened, if it didn't work properly, was it because of something that the coach said or informed you the wrong way? Or was it because a player, one or two players, didn't execute properly? I think, um, like I said, I disagree with you there. I don't think coaches win games, right? Because I feel coaches give you information that works through practice all week. That's why you work on it in practice. Now, for you to go on game day and do it, that's up to the players. So I don't think if a play didn't work, you blame the coach because you have to blame all the players on the field or on the court to execute that play. So I can't go back onto the silence and say, oh, coach, I blame you for that. No, you got to blame yourself or another teammate that has, didn't do the play right. Okay, so that so you said you disagree with me, but you really just agreed with me because you said the players didn't execute the play right. Right. So but, the coach gave them the right play. It's just, and you know this, that every player has an assignment. And if every player does his assignment and carries it out the right way, the players are going to be successful. And really, you and I know this, is that there are, you know, it'll be third and two or third and five. You know, with the exception of sometimes, you know, when a player run on a pass pattern, when a player run, when you guys run these out routes mm. and y'all run out of bounds, <laughs> you know, players plays are designed for touchdowns. Plays are not designed for X amount of yards, with the exception of the out route is the only pass pattern. Most pass patterns are run inside or up the field. That's the only pattern that's really run outside, and you kind of catch it sometimes right by the sidelines. So you probably may not have control of your body, so you go right out of bounds. But most of the time, if everybody does their job on most plays, 
you're supposed to be going north and south. That's the only place where you really go east and west is on a sideline pass pattern. But everything else is going north and south. So if everybody blocks, because I know y'all wide receivers will be blocking downfield. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all block, everybody gets their block, and the running back gets so it should be a touchdown. You're right. And, and like you say with the first time, a player should know they're going to do that out route. They have to go past the, the mark of one yard. So that's not the coach. The player knows that. But he, but he, but he run, but running out of bounds. The running out of bounds run. part. You know, you, you can't score if you run out of bounds. Well, yeah, but, you know, maybe that play was designed just to get three yards. Well, but but that, that's what I'm saying. There's very few plays. Most very plays few. are designed for it. Mm. And so that's why I say coaches don't lose games. Now, let me move away from the football analogy and take you where I really want to go. LeBron James, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, Cleveland doesn't have a coach. Now, please tell me how many foul shots. That my man missed. How, you know how many how many you know turnovers did he make? You know uh, how how many assists did he not make? You know why is the coach gone and and the players are still there? I you know and listen, I'll even take it back to my days of my playing. I, you know I never felt if I missed a tackle, my name was on the board for missing a tackle. Okay, I'm getting so excited, man. That segment went by so fast. We're gonna have to go, but we're gonna come back and talk about that. Do coaches win and lose basketball, football, baseball games? I'm not sure they do. But then again, it's just my opinion. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. James Loving, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, former wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, now living with me here in the Valley and enjoying it like the rest of us. We'll be back after this message. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports 
Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe. Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, shout out to my man Lionel Dalton. Uh, Lionel uh, put together a real special show today, and unfortunately, we had to cancel. I believe a show was going to have uh, as a special guest. I believe it's uh, Anthony Pryor, and, and I think Anthony is a former ball player. You know, uh, sometimes we get hit upside our head and don't remember everything. And uh, uh, but Anthony has a, a very interesting, uh, I think it's a book he has out there that's called uh, The Slave Side of Sunday. And uh, uh, I was going to join uh, Lionel on that show and, and talk about it. And, and my man Gil Tyree was going to join us as well. Shout out to Gil, uh, great friend to the show. And uh, and we were going to have some discussions about that book. Check check that book out, uh, The Slave Side of Sunday. Uh, I, I I can feel his passion for what he believes in. Uh, I share some of his opinions, uh, but I also believe that there is always an opportunity to provide a, a solution to any problem. And uh, there are some problems with with the way things are set up and and uh, perhaps maybe how some people are are perhaps maybe targeted and 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 perhaps maybe uh, you know the marketing campaigns are geared towards a, a certain audience of people. Um, but I will say this, that uh, I was I was given a God gift, a talent. And 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 some people have a talent and they waste that talent and some people uh, apply that talent. They use it and, and they're rewarded for what they do. And, and I feel that I was blessed with the talent and I put it to use and uh, and and I was compensated um, for uh, my talents as an employee and uh, everything I didn't like about the National Football League. But we, we're not going to go there. I'm going to wait to that show to talk about that. But let me go back because you asked me something off the air. And I think you wanted to know if I thought Brother Brown should have been fired in Cleveland. And uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, yes, you had the two best records in the NBA the last two years. And, and supposedly you had one of the, I'm going to say, you know, without a doubt, top five, you know, and there's no doubt about it. If, if somebody were starting a team and you put up there the top five players in the NBA and, uh, you know, whose name would be removed off the board uh, first? No doubt in my mind, I think Kobe Bryant would be the first. Um, some people may say LeBron James may be the first. But I believe that Kobe Bryant 
in this uh, you know, NBA playoff has separated himself from everybody else and showing just how good he is, how, how great he is. Uh, that he is without a doubt a remarkable ball player that may go down in history as being the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. Because I can't think of one thing in basketball that Kobe Bryant cannot do, including will his team to win. And LeBron James, in my opinion, lacks that ability to will his team to win. You know, he just, uh, you know, it, it, he just whatever, when it, Will is one of those things that whatever it takes to get it done, you don't know how, but somehow you're able to dig down deep inside of you and you're able to grab whatever that is and make it happen. And I think that's what that that assassin personality and mentality that that you must have. And, and we talk about this on we talk about killing people, you know, on the court and on the field. So we talk like that. That killer instinct, I think you you don't even see it in LeBron in his eyes. You know when because see it has to show up at the right time. It doesn't show up, you know, in the middle of the season. You know the way it shows up in the playoffs. The playoffs is different. You you know we, you got off season, you got camp, you got preseason. You know you got the season. And then you got the playoffs, and then you got the championship series. And each time, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher, and and you get better and stronger. And 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 did you so so? I my answer is no. I I didn't think that the coach was the problem, you know. And 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 now you're gonna find out, you know, how much power LeBron James will have. See, if I'm LeBron James and I'm in that position. I stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I, I get an equity piece of the team. I don't just—I'm not just going to go to the contract. I want a piece of this team. I'm, I'm a part of this franchise. This franchise value has increased because of you know the fact that I'm a part of this team. And if you're in position to do that, you know we always talk about you know players and minorities not owning piece of teams. He has an opportunity to own a piece of that team, and 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 so. Um, you know, Michael Jordan had a piece of it, I think, when he was with the Wizards. He certainly has got a piece of it now. Um, LeBron James is the reason why the coach is out there. <laughs> so, no, I don't think. So what do you do you think the coach should have gone to this stage? Well, first I have to agree with you when you say during the season it's a whole different game. When you come to the playoff, it's a different game. You know, like you say, you have to have that killer instinct. It's not like the other games during the regular season where you play – Day in, day out, you're out there having fun, you're tired of the playoff. Those guys are out there, like you say, out to kill. You know, a killer instant. You can see it in the eyes. And like you say, LeBron don't have that right now. In the playoff, that's when it should come out of him. You know, want to take control, want to show how. Like you say, Kobe does that in his team. You know, he showed them how to win a game where they're down or, you know, how to pull out, you know, when you're shooting slump, you know, he'll bring them out of it. You know, and LeBron don't do that. So for me to say, you know, um, should the coach got fired? Come on, uh, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. I would have to say, um, knowing yes. When I say okay, it, okay. Uh, what did the coach do that deserved to get him fired? What, I mean, he won more. They won the team won more basketball games 
you know, this year and last year to anybody else. Okay. And then it goes into the play. What, what, what did the coach do? He didn't bring that killer instinct out of LeBron. He well, should have been I, 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 on I'm LeBron. going to agree with you about one thing, and that is that it, it, there are certain things that coaches have to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And a coach has to be able to motivate a player to play right. better than he would play without his influence. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that coaches are motivators. But I think that a great player – and, and and you, I'm going to call you a great player, James. Anybody who plays in the National Football League or the National Basketball League, those are great players, okay? They aren't the greatest, but they're the, the greatest making it to the Hall of Fame. But they're great players. As a player, did you need somebody to motivate you? When, uh, and, when you I, may, and, and you may – you know there's some people who when, did. When, and I'm not gonna, maybe you did, James, but – but did you? If you did, then that's okay. I did. When I was in college, I didn't. But when I got to the NFL, I needed somebody to motivate me because I didn't know, like, where I was at, you know? It was just like, man, I'm here, you know? So for somebody to show me, like, you know, I had Mike quit. And he's like, you know what? You got to come out here and you got to be a different person. You got to take your level a step up. And I didn't know what he mean, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. LeBron probably needed his coach to say, hey, this is it, you know? I, I, I will say this. I will say that many times, and, and if you watch great players, if you watch great players, you will see that one thing that the, that the great players, they, t- they tend to know the game so well that at some point in time, a great player even turns into a coach. He's, all, he's a quarterback on the field and on the court, but then you'll see at halftime, or I'm sorry, or even at, at timeouts, you will see that the great players many times take over and they start communicating with their players, and next thing you know, timeout's over with, and he coached through that timeout. Now, LeBron, during the season, does that a lot. When crunch time comes, he gets crunched up. And, and, and I know some people who don't test well. Some people don't take tests very well. They can be all A students during the week. But when it comes to test time, something happens to them, and it's, it's pressure. And it's when, when the pressure rises, when it gets hot in the kitchen. If it's too hot in the kitchen, you got to get out. And LeBron James right now has not shown the world that regardless of how hot the temperature is, he can withstand the heat. It was a great players that he was on that, you know, dream team too, that, you know, they won, you know, a gold medal. But... Yeah. I'm just not sure that there may be a, a chink in the armor. Well, when I say yes, I don't mean yes because his coach can motivate him and know LeBron needs to step his game up on his own. That's why you see Phil Jackson. Every team he goes, Phil's a great motivator. Great yeah. motivator. And I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Phil, but, but, but listen, Phil Jackson has had Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Scottie Pippen. I mean, that's four of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. You know, yeah. on his teams. And those are the teams of which he's won multiple championships with. So great players need great coaches, too. Yes. Well, well, Phil had Shaq and Kobe, right? Yeah. Mike Brown had LeBron and Shaq. So yeah, he, but, but, but he, had, he had Shaq when Shaq was a senior citizen. I mean, yeah. Shaq wasn't real factor in this, you know, right now. You know, he didn't have Shaq in his prime. But like you say, you're playing. You're still a, a great player. Oh, he, no, Shaq is going to go down as a, one of the greatest players ever played. Player. Right. But but right now, I mean, I mean, Shaq is, when you take the top ten people on the list of who you're going to take in the NBA right now, Shaq's not going to be in those top ten right now. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I would say that, yeah, of all time, yeah, Shaq is one of the greatest. Okay, let's, mm-hmm. let's move. We, we got one minute. If you're the greatest golfer in the world, and there is a team of great golfers here in this country, and you're the greatest golfer in the world. Do you automatically get to be on the team? Tiger Woods. 
does Tiger, should Tiger automatically be a part of the team or should they assess his play? And if you assess his play, I believe the ranking is still he's the number one golfer in the world. Wow. We got music. I'm Okay. I'm going to come back. Right. And, James, you're going to answer that question. Yeah. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. I got one more segment. Wow. We'll be back. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no car to take you on The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh uh-huh uh-huh. rihanna Uh uh-huh good girl going bad uh-huh take three Uh action Uh uh-huh no clouds in my stones let it rain i hide your plane in the bank coming down at the dow jones when the clouds come we go all righty, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and uh, just having a good time in the studios with my good friend James Loving, who will shortly be having his own show here at Voice America Sports. And 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 we've been talking about everything and anything and everybody and and anybody, but. Uh, 
you know, the show is about to close. So I, there's, there's a couple of things of which, I, you know, I, that last thing as we went to break and I talked about it. You know, if you're the number one player in the world and you happen to be here in America and you're putting together a team and you've been struggling a little bit, as a matter of fact, but you were fourth in the Masters. But the last couple, t- t- you struggled. You know, you had an injury in the last one and you walked out of it. You didn't finish it. You know, <laughs> are you not automatically, shouldn't you get an automatic seat amongst that team to, pr- to participate? I mean, it's like if you're the number one quarterback, and and there is an all-star game, and your name is Brett Favre, don't you still get an automatic, you're the number one quarterback. And so what you did the last two games of the season, and one of them could have been the NFC Championship, you threw an interception and prevented your team from going to the Super Bowl. So does that mean you don't get to play in the Pro Bowl? No. Okay? If you're Tom Brady, and, you know, you do you make a bad play here or there, but you still want the top quarterback. Do you still? Yes. If you're Adrian Peterson in the NFC Championship game, you fumble the ball a couple of times. Are you still not playing in the Pro Bowl? So how is it that Tiger Woods, the number one rated golfer in the world, has been struggling the last couple of games? And all of a sudden, now he's no longer the number one golfer in the world, so he doesn't get an automatic berth on this, on this team. I, I don't understand it. Well, that's just like telling Michael Jordan because the game before he didn't make a shot. The next game they got to pass him the ball. Come on now. I think it's all because um, they're a little jealous of Tiger, you know, and they kind of want to see Tiger fall. They see him struggling, you know, with his personal life too. So they figure, you know, let's mess with him on the golf course. So I think that's all. That's what that's all about because there's no way I would not pick Tiger. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> if, if you're ever going to do anything and it's going to be a team, and, and it's the team consists of multiple players, and the best player in the world is out there and available, and you're going to even question if you want. I mean, come on, knowing that I don't care what game you play, you have ups and downs and peaks and valleys, good days and bad days, and you're going to say the best one in the world, you're going to say, well, you got to try out for the team. You know, you got to be playing well or whatever. What in the world? Again, it's the game. And we know, you know, people... Many times people look at athletes as, as being, wow, these, these are not really human beings. These are just, you know, they were just made up of, of, of some type of uh, elements that are not natural, you know, and, and, and they just put us together. But, yeah, he has emotions. He has feelings. And perhaps maybe there could be some distractions. He might be over that golf ball. And I can't say if he's over that golf ball and trying to make that putt, if he's thinking about what happened to him and his wife. I I can't say that. But I can say this, that I know many times that whenever there are issues going on at home, whenever I was out on the playing field, once that ball gets snapped, you can't think of, you ain't got time to think about that no more. Now, in between plays, who knows? Your mind might wander. You might drift. You might look in the stands. You might, you know, do whatever. But once the player snap, you focused. So, you know, again, I, I agree, too. There, there are some issues there. And perhaps maybe there may be some people that, uh, you know, don't think very highly of Tiger, you know, because of what he's done off the field. And perhaps maybe that's, uh, you know, clouding the thought process. And perhaps maybe it, it may affect, you know, him being. But, but, you know, big ups to Tiger. Go ahead and, and remain the number one and, uh, you know, show them what's going on. Now, listen, one thing I got to talk about because. There's another series going on in basketball, and that, that's, the, that's the Lakers. I'm sorry, that's the Magic and the Celtics. Now, I, I want to talk about this. You know, sometimes you say the best for last. So I wanted to talk about this because, you know, the Celtics, of which nobody thought had a chance during, during the season, 
You know, all of a sudden they just, you know, slow walked themselves right back into the playoff picture. There was even a strategy where, where now, you know, we find out that the coach said, hey, guys, you know, we ain't going to win the championship during the season. So I'm going to put y'all down for a couple games and rest y'all so y'all be ready to make this run for the playoffs. Now they're up 3-1, okay? Is the pressure on them? Because I'm going to say this. I don't think, and this is what they need to do, I don't think Orlando can play the game they played the other night. Orlando played the best game they could possibly play and just and had to go to overtime to beat the Celtics. See, a lot of people haven't said a lot about that. To, to me, that said something. That said something, yeah, I know how good I have to play. Now we know how good we have to play in order to beat them. But we also had to go to overtime to do that. And can we play that good for three more games in a row? Because if you lose one, if you slip one time, you you definitely win or go home. I don't know if they can win that. But the Celtics look tired. Come on, James, tell me, can, 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 can the Magic play that good for three more games, which would be four in a row, and do the Celtics have enough left in the tank that they could win one more game and, and get a little break? Well, basketball is a draining game. You got all the long series, so, you know. And you're I, running up and you're running right. all the time. So I figured the Celtics would be tired one game out of these, you know, because that's tough. You know, they're older, you know, only probably young guys, Rondo. You know, I see, you know, Kevin's older, Perkins a little older, you know. So I figured that one game they was going to give them. But I think they're going to sit back and, you know, and come back and they're going to put it all out. You know, sports is, is kind of funny because people don't look at it and say, oh, it's the great team with Cleveland. You know, they're going to run through people. Sports, when you start winning the playoff, it's a team that comes together in jail. Look how the Cardinals did it. Nobody think the Cardinals, that team came together in jail. That's how they was able to go to the Super Bowl. Now, if you look at the Boston, they started doing the playoff. They started gelling as a team, playing as a team, and look how far they're going. They're beating people that nobody expect them to be, and that's how they win it. You know, they're going out there. Well, I, I will say this. They, they say, you said that nobody expects them to win. But, you know, Paul Pierce, you know, in an interview the other day, talked about, you know, Rondo arriving into this, you know, this superstar stratosphere of which exists. And and he's 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 kicked the door in, okay. And and the young man the other night when he jumped on the floor, you know that's what it's, that's what it's all about. You know that's what you know. People talk about leadership, and many times leadership is not necessarily what you say; it's what you do. And so that man right there proved the other night that yeah, I'm the leader of this team, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes in order to win this game. And so when I look at the Boston Celtics, and and there's a couple guys on the bench. Now, I I said coaches don't lose games. Players do. But I I, I will say this. I think that there are some players on that Boston Celtics bench, okay? Allen, Tony Allen, you know, that man got all kind of talent. I think perhaps maybe. You know that if he give him a little bit more minutes, give him give give baby a few more minutes, you know, trust him a, a few more minutes, you know, and, and give Rasheed Wallace a few more minutes so that you can bring your big three back in when you need them and and they can close the game for you. Don't let it get out of hand, but you can give. So because Paul Pierce was tired at the end of that game, I saw him run up. He, he was tired. You know, he, he didn't have the lift to make. Though he, he got two three point shots at the end of the game and, and it, both of them hit the front of the rim. You know, uh, now Ray Allen 
you know, that's a different pedigree. He, he just <laughs> ran all around. His mom had energy on the side of the court. You saw her. She was cheering yeah. him all You know, yeah. he, his mama was there. He couldn't show like he was tired. Right. She might have jumped out and said, boy, you better get your butt. <laughs> you know, so, but, but Paul Pierce, he showed a little bit of, you know, he was losing a little bit. You know, of, of course, the big fella, Garnett, you know, Kevin looked a little tired, you know. And so I, I think that if, if the other guys, you know, spare them a little bit longer, I think they can close out. So I, I'm going to go, you know, who is the pressure on on this one? Is the pressure on Boston or Superman definitely is his cape a little tied up? I think pressure on Boston because they know they can't let Orlando get in the thing where they um feeling where they can come back and win. Wow. The pressure's on Boston. I'll tell you what, they like pressure. Kevin Garnett, pressure? <laughs> Big fella don't care about no pressure. He like pressure. Hey, I like pressure too. And the pressure will be back on next week because I'm going to come back on Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network because that's what you've been listening to. I've had my man here, James Loving. Appreciate it. Wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, I'll tell you what, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.